Good morning. It's good to be with you again. And as always, I love to start our time together with a question. And my question this morning for you is, what is your mindset when it comes to giving your money away, especially when it comes to tithing in a church context? Or it could be giving to other ministries as well. But how do you feel about tithing to your local church? Our topic today is, does God need our money? And uh, here at Raymond Terrace, we don't preach a lot or very often on money, even though it's, uh, it's a spiritual practice that we um, uh, regularly partake in. Uh, it's not a focus in our preaching, but today I, I want to explore what the scripture has to say about giving and specifically when it comes to tithing. And then I want to address some of the mindsets that we can sometimes have when it comes to tithing. And then, uh, if time persists, persists uh, give it, uh, three quick tips uh, uh, when it comes to tithing. But uh, the standard evangelical Christian uh, teaching for centuries has been that the, the baseline for our tithing is, is 10%. But the question is, where does this come from? Or is that even biblical? Uh, the idea that um, I, I want to first uh, um, address a lie with a truth. Um, some people have this idea that in order for God to love them, we must give, uh, we must tie their money. That's a complete falsehood. That's a complete lie. Uh, in fact, the gospel tells us the complete opposite, that there is nothing we can do to earn God's favour and that everything has already been done by Christ on the cross to prove that God loves us. Romans 5 says that God showed his love towards us in that he sent his son Jesus to die for us. And so this idea that we have to give, we must give in order for God to love us is a complete lie. So then... Why are we taught across the centuries that tithing, our baseline, is to give 10% off the top of all of our income? Where does this come from? Well, the principle of tithing or giving 10% of your income comes uh, from a, a law given by God to the Israelites in the Old Testament. And it's important to note that the word tithe literally means in Hebrew, one-tenth. So when God instructs his people to tithe, he's saying, give one-tenth of your income. And to understand why God gave this law, we need to understand a little bit about um, the Levites and the role that the priests had um, in, in the Old Testament times. You see, when God... Um, divided up the, the promised land and gave it to the 12 tribes of Israel, he only actually gave it to 11 tribes. And the tribe of Levi was set apart by God to be ministers for the Lord and to, to look after the temple and to be representatives uh, um, of, of the people to God. Now, the Levites didn't have an inheritance of land given by God. And in an agricultural society, how were they to sustain themselves? Well, God brought about this law 
that uh, all of Israel was to tithe uh, in order to support the Levites. And the Levites' role was to look after the temple and to assist the priest. So within Israel, there are the Levites, but within the Levites, there was Aaron and his direct descendants, and they were appointed by God to be priests. So Israel would tithe, and the Levites would also tithe and give to the priests. So this law of tithing was very important. There's also... Uh, and you can read about that in, in Numbers 18. But in Deuteronomy 26, we also see God giving another uh, command to tithe, and that is a, a, a particular tithe that was given to look after those who are in need, the vulnerable, particularly the, the foreigners and the orphans and the widows. And you can read about that in Deuteronomy 26. So it's important to understand that the Levites were set apart by God to assist the priests in the sacrifices. They'd also look after the temple. They'd be the gatekeepers. They'd be the musicians as well. Um, and they were ministers of God. But the tithe was also given to, to provide for the needy and the poor. So our text today that I want us to go to is found in Deuteronomy. So turn with me, your Bibles, to Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 14. And particularly Deuteronomy 14, verses 22 to 29. So I'll give you a moment to find that. Deuteronomy 14, verses 22 to 29. And I want to make seven observations when it comes to tithing. Now, I want to move through this quite quickly because there's seven of them. But um, Deuteronomy 14 and verse 22 says... You shall tithe all the yield of your seed that comes from the field year by year. The first observation we can make when it comes to tithing is that tithing was expected by God. And tithing was an expectation that off the top of all their income year by year that they would give a tithe of 10% or one-tenth. It's interesting to know that... The amount determined was explicitly given by God. So a tithe was expected, but it was also an explicit amount given by God. And in biblical times, in an agricultural society, year after year, they would harvest and collect the harvest. So it made sense that each year that they would bring a tithe. In modern times, many Christians would say that you know, they would give a tithe from their regular paycheck or their allowance or, or their benefits that they receive. Um, but in, in those times, it was a yearly occurrence because that was when their income came in. It's important to note that offerings are also mentioned in the Bible. Uh, offerings are different to tithing. Offerings um, are different in the way that uh, the offering amount is, de is determined by the worshipper. Uh, God instructed his people to, to bring offerings around particular holy days and festivals, but God didn't stipulate a specific amount. And in Deuteronomy 16, verse 17, we read, Every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord your God that he has given you. 
So each person was instructed to examine how God had blessed them and they would respond in a way that showed their gratefulness towards God. But God didn't stipulate a specific amount. It's different to a tithe. A tithe, God gave an explicit amount, one-tenth. And so the first observation we make from this passage is that tithing was expected. Verse 23 of Deuteronomy 14. And before the Lord your God, in the place that he will choose to make his name dwell there, you shall eat the tithe of your grain, of your wine, of your oil, and the firstborn of your herd and the flock, that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. The second observation I want to make is that tithing was about exalting or worshipping God together. The Israelites were to take part in, in the tithe at a central place of worship, a place that God designated and they were to come together to, to, to worship and to exalt God. And why? What was the purpose of this? Well, at the end of verse 23, that they may learn to fear the Lord your God always. As they ate together, they would acknowledge that uh, the food that they're eating and enjoying in their very lives and existence wasn't a result of their good farming practices, but it was of God's sovereign provision for them. And so they learned to acknowledge God and to worship God. And uh, by obeying God's uh, will in tithing, uh, they'd be able to continue to eat and enjoy uh, a prosperous lifestyle. And many believers of Christ today would still consider tithing together as a family is a way to acknowledge God's provision and his sovereignty and his faithfulness as we've been singing about this morning. Tithing's expected, but it's also about exalting God together. Our third observation, tithing was an experience, an experience of the good kind. In verse 24, we read, and if the way is too long for you so that you're not able to carry the tithe when the Lord your God blesses you because the place is too far from you, which the Lord your God chooses to set his name there, then you shall turn it into money and bind, it up, bind up the money in your hand and go to the place that the Lord your God chooses. I love how our Heavenly Father considers the, the practicalities of his commands and how it affects us. And in this case, He's, he's considering the long-distance travellers of the time. And, and God didn't intend tithing to be a, a burdensome. He intended tithing to be a blessing for his people. He, he didn't want it to be something that they would dread, but something that they would look forward to and enjoy uh, and, and be a great experience. And can you just imagine for a minute that that your harvest comes in, you, you sell your tithe, you, you, you're walking with your money towards Jerusalem and as you're approaching, the anticipation that's growing as you're about to go and, and give your tithe together with your fellow believers and, and be together to worship God, to acknowledge God's provision. What an experience it would be. And today it's, it's not very hard to, to give our tithe today, is it? We can give in, in person, electronically. 
Uh, we all live locally or semi-locally, and in our, time, in, in our town, there's several banks that makes it easy access. Uh, for us as a family, we use internet bank, banking for our tithing. <clears throat> but in some ways, I really miss the days when I, I would get my pay and I'd set aside my tithe in a real practical way, and I'd, I'd put it in an envelope, I'd seal the envelope, and through prayer, I'd look forward to giving that into the offering bag of a Sunday. It was a real practical experience that I, I really enjoyed. And to see others, brothers and sisters in Christ, giving into the offering bag as well, you felt part of something big and beyond yourself. God wanted it to be a real practical experience that we participate in. Number four, tithing was enjoyable. Let's read on in verse 26 of Deuteronomy 14. And spend the money for whatever you desire, oxen or sheep or wine or strong drink, whatever your appetite craves, and you shall eat there before the Lord your God and rejoice, you and your household. So here, when you get there, buy things that you will enjoy. And not for a moment is God suggesting to the Israelites, get drunk. But he's saying, get what your appetite desires and enjoy it together, you and your household. Can you see the emotion that's captured there? Uh, before the Lord your God and rejoice. Tithing was an enjoyable experience and it's not an isolated experience. It's for you and your household coming together to worship God, to acknowledge God. Tithing was a real enjoying time of fellowship in oneness together. A great joy for many Christians today is acknowledging God through tithing. And, and generous giving is contagious. It seems that the more that you acknowledge God, the more you want to acknowledge God. It's an enjoyable thing. And, and God intended tithing to be something for his people to enjoy. Verse 27. And you shall not neglect the Levite who is within your town, for he has no portion or inheritance with you. Our fifth observation is that tithing was to esteem or to honour God's representatives. Remember, the Levites didn't have an inheritance. They had no way of earning an income from the land. So God's saying, don't forget to neglect my ministers those who serve, who represent me. Remember them. And presumably, as you bought your tithe, one family couldn't eat all of their tithe values, so the remainder was given to the Levites. In this way, God says, don't neglect my ministers. Today, faithful believers in their tithing and offering see See it as a means to esteem and honour and respect those who have dedicated their time and their life solely to serve the Lord and his people. Tithing was to esteem and honour God's representatives. Number six, tithing was to extend care. Let's read on verse 28. And at the end of every three years, you shall bring out all the tithe of your produce in the same year and lay it up within your towns. 
in the Levites, because he has no portion or inheritance with you, in the sojourner, or the foreigner, the fatherless and the widow who are within your towns shall come and eat and be filled. You see, there was no Centrelink in Israel in the times of Deuteronomy. And in many countries around the world today, there's still no government support. And so the tithe extended to considering those who are less fortunate, and specifically the foreigner, the widow and the orphans. And, and this was uh, God's, one of God's mechanisms for meeting the social needs of society. And we see this still today, don't we? Many of the great charities around the world have been established by the church and they continue to be funded by the church. Even here at Raymond Terrace, our church was birthed out of a ministry towards children and we continue to invest heavily in ministry towards children. But there is so much more that we could do in this area if together we uh, considered uh, higher value of those in need. Number seven, tithing was expectant. Our first one was that tithing was expected by God. But this one is about the giver. Tithing was expectant. Verse 29, and after uh, acknowledging that they bring their tithe every three years to give and feed the orphans and the widows. It says that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands that you do. If the Israelites obeyed this command to share and to care for those in needs, to extend God's blessing on them towards others, they could always expect to live in a prosperous society and be able to give generously. Why? It says, God would bless them in all the work of their hands. When we obey God, we are trusting that he will provide. So seven seven observations about tithing. Tithing is expected. Tithing is about um, worshipping God. Tithing is an experience Tithing is an enjoyable experience. (laughs) Tithing is also about esteeming and honouring God's representatives. Tithing was to extend care and tithing was expectant that God would continue to provide for our needs. Now, we, we might be tempted to think that tithing was part of the Old Testament law and It's no longer relevant today. Uh, Some would say that tithing was part of the Old Testament law to take care of the temple and and the priests. And there's no longer a temple in Jerusalem. And we we no longer have priests because Jesus is the great high priest. And so um, we are no longer under the law of tithing. And I would agree with those people. We're no longer under the law of tithing. But I also can't ignore the fact that Jesus affirms tithing when he rebukes the religious leaders of his day. In Matthew 23 and verse 23, Jesus says, 
Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. These you ought to have done, Jesus said, without neglecting the other. Jesus is criticising them and saying, look, you, you're legalistic in your tithing and yet you forget to administer mercy and justice. And so Jesus isn't saying don't tithe. In fact, he's saying continue your spiritual practice of tithing, but do it. you're doing it with the wrong heart, with the wrong attitude to make yourselves look good. Don't forget about what tithing is about. In Mark 12, Jesus was asked, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? And what was his response? Looking at a coin, he says, give to Caesar what's Caesar's, but give to God what belongs to him. Jesus was making it clear that we should fulfil our civil responsibilities of paying taxes, but again, he affirms the spiritual practice of tithing. Even the Apostle Paul we, we never see the Apostle Paul challenging the law when it comes to tithing or, or the principle of tithing, but he does challenge people's mindsets when it comes to tithing. He, he says, look, I don't claim this right from you, but as a minister of the gospel, I have a right to be provided for by you, the Apostle Paul says. The principle of tithing remains today. We're not under the law, but the principle of tithing still remains. So I, I humbly ask you again the question that we started with. What's your mindset when it comes to tithing to your local church? Do you have a, a legalistic mindset when it comes to tithing? Or do, do you have a prosperity mindset or do you have a casual mindset or, or do you have a biblical mindset? That's good. Well, what's the difference? <laughs> I'll start with a legalistic mindset. A legalistic mindset adheres to the law and gives 10% religiously. You feel an obligation to give in and it's something that you have to do. In fact, when you miss a tithe, you feel that God frowns upon you and, and when you do tithe, you feel as if God approves of you more. This is a, a legalistic mindset. And today you need to know that God loves you. Whether you give 10% or 15% or 8%, it doesn't matter. God loves you because you're his creation. You're his child. And remember in the beginning, we, we said that no amount of giving can earn more of God's love for you. So do away with the, this uh, legalistic mindset that you have to give. The Bible does say that God loves a cheerful giver in the sense that God smiles when his children give generously out of a grateful heart because a grateful heart acknowledges who God is and his faithfulness and what he's done for you. So let's be cheerful givers. 
Today, let go of your legalism and begin asking God for a deeper understanding of his grace, a deeper understanding of his love for you. Begin to ask God to help you understand and to enjoy the practice of tithing. Well, maybe you don't have a legalistic mindset. Maybe you have a prosperity mindset. A prosperity mindset, if if you have this mindset, you give so that God will bless you. That's what a prosperity mindset is. You think the more I give to God, the more God will give back to me. This is completely false. You don't see this anywhere in scripture. You you may not say this openly, out loud, but when you set your tithe in the back of your mind, you think, I'll increase it this year because I, I need more for myself. So if I increase my tithe this year, God will bless me more. This is a prosperity mindset. Today, you also need to know God loves you no matter how much you give. You also need to understand that God already owns everything, including the money in your pocket. (laughs) He owns the house where you live. He owns the car that you drive or maybe the bike that you ride. He owns the phone that you speak on. He owns the clothes that you wear. Everything in this universe, God already owns and he doesn't need your money. Tithing more does not mean God will give you more money if it's given with this prosperity mindset. If that was the case, it wouldn't be called tithing. It would be called a good investment and everybody would be doing it. You need to remember what God said to Abraham. In Genesis 12, God says, I will bless you, Abraham, so that you will be a blessing to others. God wanted Abraham to understand that he was going to make his name great and make him prosper in order for him to be a blessing to the nations, to bring the name of God to the nations. And it's the same for you today. If you have this prosperity mindset, you need to take the focus off yourself and your own prosperity. And you need to understand that Your role as a believer is to promote the name of Jesus. And God is blessing you so that you can be a blessing to others, so that others can come to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ and enjoy fellowship with him. Well, maybe you don't have a legalistic mindset or a prosperity mindset. Maybe you have a casual mindset when it comes to tithing. A casual mindset is one that doesn't give much thought at all to tithing regularly to the local church. You may give the occasional offering. Uh, you may even give generously to the local charities, and that's, that's great. You might even um, give on a regular basis, but it's, it's not a high priority for you. But to tithe regularly into what God is doing and and through your church, um, what God is doing in and through your church is not a spiritual discipline for you. Today, God wants you to grow in your love and fellowship in giving with your church family. 
He's inviting you to join him in the greatest mission that has ever been. His mission into the world through your local church. He wants you to experience the fellowship that comes through participating in tithing. He wants you to experience the joy of seeing the fruit of tithing and sowing into his kingdom work. And so I'd say to you today, today, spend some time alone with God and ask him to show you his intention for you and how you can participate in in a devotion to tithing and to experience the joy that he intended for you in that. But there's one more mindset left, isn't there? The biblical mindset. The biblical mindset recognises the generous spirit of Christ. You understand that tithing is ultimately an act of love and worship from a generous spirit. The biblical mindset understands that God wants you to to have a tithing lifestyle because he wants you to become the person he intended for you to be, a generous person like Christ. You understand that ultimately God owns everything and you hold loosely the things that he's entrusted to you. A biblical mindset gets excited and is grateful to give generously. You have a discipline of tithing and and tithing is just a natural rhythm of your life. It's a spiritual discipline you want to grow from. And today God wants to encourage you He wants you to continue to enjoy the joy of tithing. And he wants you to encourage others through example, through testimony, to also experience the joy of tithing. This is the the mindset that God wants for us all. And if we're honest with ourselves, isn't this the mindset that we want? And you know the good news? We can all have this mindset. And it doesn't, it's not determined by the amount of wealth we have or don't have. It's not determined by the amount of dollars in our pocket or our bank account. Every believer can have a biblical mindset when it comes to tithing and enjoy the joy and experience of worshipping God through tithing. So if you're if you're really struggling in this aspect of giving your money away and, and tithing regularly to the local church, I want to give you three quick tips, real practical tips. First of all, you need to pray. Yeah. Because tithing isn't, isn't a financial transaction. It's not a, a money issue. It's a heart issue. And we want to align our heart with the heart of Christ. And we want God to give us a generous heart, a generous heart that's going to impact the world around us. So it begins with prayer, asking God for wisdom, asking God to show us his heart, his generous heart, and to give us his spirit of generosity and gratefulness. So pray, spend time alone with God in prayer. The second quick tip is this, make a budget. 
A lot of people don't have a budget and they see it as something that restricts them. But a budget will help you plan. Every dollar in your budget should be accounted for and have a task, a job to do, whether that's to pay your mortgage or rent, your utility bills, to your, your school's tuition, your groceries, whatever it is. But whilst you're at it, set aside a tithe in your budget. As you do your budget, you may discover areas where you have excessive spending that you need to reel back. Or you might see areas where you actually have surplus and where wastage is happening. That's the beauty of a budget. It helps you to have account for every dollar that God has entrusted to you. So make a budget. And there's many tools online and there's people that can help you in this if you've never done a budget. And third of all, when through prayer, God leads you and guides you. And when you have a plan, a budget to work from, the third important step is to take action. Take action. Give. Give regularly to your local church. Not because you have to. Not because you want to get something back from it. But as an act of worship to God, acknowledging his sovereignty, acknowledging his provision, out of fellowship, out of joy, out of a generous spirit, take action, give online, give in person, go to the bank, whichever way is good for you. Take action. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you once again for your generous spirit. No greater person on earth has been as generous as you, Lord Jesus. You gave your all, your everything, out of worship and honour to your heavenly Father and out of love for us. And Lord, I just thank you so much that you have been so generous towards us. And again, we are so grateful. Lord, I ask that you would help us in this area of tithing and giving. Lord, may we be known as a people for our generosity. Never before has there been a time where the world needs to know your generosity through the church. So help us, Lord, in these interesting days we live in, where we're pulled from pillar to post and where it can be tough to manage the resources you've given towards us. Lord, help us. Help us to remember you in all ways and in this area of finance, we pray. In, in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen.